0: listen ink studs and my guest this week is leslie stein uh her new book is well i guess it's not new anymore uh came out last year uh bright eyed at midnight from Fantagraphics, as well as the first two volumes of eye of the majestic creature also for Fantagraphics. and for those wanting uh up-to-date comics you can find leslie's work on the vice website as well as her tumblr which name is escaping me
1: Oh, Majestic Creature.
0: There we go. Uh, Sorry for my empty brain. Um, It's totally cool. (laughs) (laughs) And as well, uh, we were talking before we started, and you said a new Majestic Creature should be out, hopefully, by the summer.
1: It's scheduled for the summer, but, you know, things happen, so...
0: It delays happen at Fantagraphics, they're not... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, every once in a while. I think in my first book, it was like a year later than they said they were going to put it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I didn't know any better. I, like, you know, I had no... I was just kind of like, okay, whatever you guys want. And now I'm like, come on!
0: <laughs> um. Now your new book, uh, which came out, what, last summer?
1: Yeah, I think it was, like, August.
0: Uh, Which is a pretty quick turnaround from finishing the book. Um... It takes place. you did it over the whole year of 2014 from uh-huh. January to January. Uh-huh. Um, that's a quick turnaround.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't make I didn't make the 365 pages. I think I had like 350 at the end of the year. Yeah. but I was also working half the year. I was working on the new majestic creature. And then I kind of dropped it because I realized, oh, well, this will be a book now, The Bright-Eyed at Midnight. And I wanted to really, like, make up for some of the sloppier pages at the beginning by really hunkering down and, like, trying to make them more uh, interesting at the end, you know?
0: Now, The, the Bright-Eyed at Midnight also kind of shows you shifting styles quite significantly, um, where you've kind of freed yourself up a lot to be more minimal um, but also, like, abstractly expressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how that uh, style shift came up.
1: Um, well, it's interesting because I don't think I was really trying for a new style. Like, I was just trying to do something. Like, the night I started it, I didn't know that I'd be doing that for a year. It was no, there was no plan. I just kind of did this crazy comic like half drunk and like threw up on tumblr and people were like oh my god and then i was like what and then (laughs) well i was like you know i just want to i felt like doing it and i hadn't really allowed myself to do it because i felt like oh this seems like an exercise it seems like something you do when you don't have any ideas you know what i'm saying
0: like just force yourself into
1: yeah like i need to be making a comic so i'm gonna i'll just do this diary thing as an exercise Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't that I wanted to do it as an exercise, I just wanted to do it. I just felt like I wanted to express myself and what was happening every day. Um, but I really didn't think anyone would read it, so I wasn't really, like, trying super hard at the beginning. I was just kind of, like, I was really just, like, free associating writing memories with, like, what had happened that day and then kind of, like, making little illustrations around them. And then over the course of the year, it developed into, like, an actual concrete style where I go into it, uh... I lay down my lines. It's not experimental anymore. It's like I'm laying down my lines in a specific way yeah. that I learned through, like, all the mistakes I made at the beginning.
0: <laughs> it's interesting um, because it, you really carefully veer away from it. Because one of the things that could happen when someone's doing daily comics, it could really fall into, like, the mundane and just, Yeah, like, like the list. Like, the... I did this
1: today and this and this.
0: Yeah, and, like, just the routine, like, getting to know your routine, like, I know other people's daily things, like, you know everything about that person, uh, where with you, it's very abstract. Like, it's not necessarily about the personal life as much as about, uh, the ideas behind the personal life.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Was that purposeful?
1: Um, I think that's kind of the way I, I write, naturally. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like I'm trying specific. Uh, it's not like, I don't know, that's a hard question. Um.
0: Like, one of the things you're talking about is you uh, kind of go into, like, talking about uh, stories from your past. And how does that figure then? Like, how do you see that kind of transition going from, you know, a particular experience uh, being a reminiscent of something like when you are a child?
1: Well, it's kind of that's like, what I think what happens every day if if you're walking around and you're really looking at things um, and not just being internal, which is something I really try to do uh, for my mental health, really, and uh, everything, you're projecting your own memory onto every single object that you see, in a sense, because you have to in order to remember it, that's why you know what it is. Does that make sense? So, for me, it's just really natural. It's like, if I see something when I'm walking on the street, like, it'll immediately place, or smell, or it immediately places me in a different time. So it's like, even though I'm trying, <laughs> it's kind of funny, because even though I'm trying to be in the moment, it's still going back to the past, and then, you know, what I want in the future, which is shapeless, and, um, you know, it's just more, th- these comics, I think, they're more existential. Mm-hmm. questioning existence, not just, like, documenting it, you
0: know? Yeah, and I, and I get that, idea. like, it's, trying to figure out how to verbalize this like the idea i get from your comics like the, the, the there's one part of the existentialism uh but another part where there's like a fluidity in life yeah that you're passing through mm-hmm. uh, that probably sounds incredibly pretentious and i'm okay with that um, no
1: it's really hard to talk about like this kind of work sometimes especially for me because it does you are feeling somewhat like pretentious and <laughs> using these words and I, I don't think I'm a pretentious person at all, you know, and I hope that comes across in the comics, um, but I'm, you know, I'm a thoughtful person, so I, yeah, you know, that's how I live my life, and uh, it was just a really interesting exercise, and the other reason I didn't write about what's happening every day is because there was, like, two elements in my life that were, like, very, that things were going very badly, and this was kind of my, like, escape from those things, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: It's just, like, okay, well... Now this time is for me and, like, my memory and, like, you know, color and, like, playfulness, you know, pushing forward. Because even now that I have a, a style, you know, it's, like, more concrete style, I'm still trying to make mistakes so that I can push it forth even more. I just do it less, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Because I mean- otherwise,
1: there's no fun to it. And I want to, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time and I just think it dawned on me just, like, I should just be doing exactly what I fucking want. Not that I wasn't before, but I was beating myself up all the time for every tiny mistake. And I was just like, well, why not, like, switch my brain around and go, like, embrace the mistakes and then see if I can still make something cool with it, you know?
0: Well, that and that's kind of something I'm struggling with. Like, what is a mistake? Yeah. Like, is that is that something you can, like, really concretely define within artistic experience? Well, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, something that looks wrong to you. Because sometimes I'll do something... Uh, and something unexpected happens where I'm going like, oh, shit, those colors make a really interesting combination. Yeah. And I don't consider that. I guess that that's a, a mistake that's good, you know? <laughs> and then the other ones are mistakes that are bad. We're like, ooh, that didn't that didn't work out very well, you know? Yeah. But it was funny, too, because that's why I think I picked, I don't think I even, but I kept with the, um, I was using the tan paper mm-hmm. because then I couldn't use whiteout. You know, I was really trapping myself with these these different devices in order to make it interesting, you know?
0: How about the pages that turn into, like, just the big blow-ups of just messy colors everywhere? Um, is that kind yeah, of... Yeah,
1: that's, that's just, like, like... Like, me getting out all this, like, energy after work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which I think is valid. I mean, I never... It's funny because now people are saying, like, oh, you're kind of like going into this abstract painting world. I never intended or even really liked that much abstract art, you know? <laughs> so it's weird that this kind of coming out without planning it, you know, and, and and learning to enjoy it and then kind of appreciating other artists more through my adventures with it, you know?
0: I think there's this one part of the abstract, there's this one part I'm really excited about where you're also boiling things down to like essential degrees mm-hmm. which i'm finding really exciting uh especially in your art really recently uh, where you kind of strip back whatever isn't needed
1: right well i think that's well there's all different kinds of cartooning but a lot of our beloved cartooners their ability to do that made them a master you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh I always thought I wasn't capable of that. And that's why I think I was, like, kind of hiding a little bit with the detailing. Yeah. You know, like, if I just... De- like, no one can tell me that I'm not working hard enough on this. You may like it or you may not like it. I don't really care. But you can't say, like, Leslie's not, like, giving it her fucking all, you know? Yeah. Um, which was important to me. Um, but even within, the like, the new Majestic Creature, like, I left out. I stopped, like, stippling as much. I was like, oh, I learned... And mostly through just, like, studying the Hernandez brothers, like, how to place blacks. Yeah. So that and, and to use certain, like, stippling and stuff like that. But because the reader is, like, the beyond the panel borders is, is making up what that is, you can stipple, like, a little part of a mountain that's coming up, and the reader's still going to fill it into a whole space, so it looks like you did all this work that you actually didn't do. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I remember there's a uh, Dave Collier comic strip where he talks about how you can draw a brick wall just by drawing a couple of bricks. Yes. And people yeah. know it's a wall. You don't have to spend all day filling in every brick Yeah. Uh, and drive yeah. yourself crazy.
1: I mean, that said, I still like the detail work because it's, I, I enjoy it, you know. Um, but I, I enjoy the more stripped down. I mean, for me, the most enjoyable part of these comics that I've been doing recently is the coloring aspect of it, because I was working in black and white for so long. Yeah. So it's just, like, really freedom to, like, lay down these, like, super bright colors that I, I respond really... I don't know, I think I res- I think I and most people respond very intensely to color, you know?
0: Yeah, well, there's, like... One of the things about the coloring you're doing, there's, like, a certain joy that comes through, even if it's, like, a heavy story... Mm-hmm. Um, the color I don't know, it's a neat balance between the two.
1: yeah because I think a lot of what I was dealing with I try to make it balanced in terms of like what my my life experiences where that in every day, you know, there's like I have moments of these like very intense joy and sometimes about like just like nothing. Be like, and but then followed by this kind of, like, oh, no, I'm going to die. And <laughs> this is not going to, you know, I'm not going to experience this anymore. Or, like, why don't I have this thing that I wanted? Or why, you know, am I struggling with this after all these years, you know? And, um, but so it's, like, every day for me I'm experiencing pain and joy. And I want I want that to be in the comic. So I'm kind of always, like, pushing forward in one way and then holding back in other ways. So it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? yeah. One of the
0: things I'm thinking about is, uh, I think it was in in this book, where you uh, specifically take time off from work so you could just draw.
1: Yeah, I like to do that every couple years. It's nice, great, you know. Because it does get a little, like, man, like, I'm fucking working just to work,
2: you
1: know? Yeah. Like, I'm working just to work on comics, and I have no fucking life, and it's like no, that's not the way to live, so, I, you know, it's like, I better be enjoying this. <laughs> but then, it's so nice, like, recently, and also coming with this style, which is just, you know, I can do so many pages a week of this style, you know. Um, whereas before, if I did two, it was, like, a huge accomplishment for yeah. me. Oh. So I actually have more free time, even I'm getting, you know, I'm working the same amount on the comics, but I feel like, I don't know, somehow, I feel like I'm trying to enjoy my life more. And not just be so, you know, you know, <laughs> stuck in a routine. Tunnel vision, yeah, tunnel vision.
0: It, yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain like, there's that the cyclicalness I was thinking about with that, where it's like, okay, work for a while, draw for a while, work for a while, draw for a while, and it's uh, it's a tough routine to keep yourself motivated, yeah. creatively. Yeah,
1: and especially because what I do, like, between the drawing and the bartending, it's so polar opposite and what I need to be doing, you know what I mean? That introvert,
0: extrovert.
1: Yeah, it's really hard for me to flip the switch, because I'm actually much more um, reserved in nature than I am allowed to be at the bar, you know? You're kind of, like, on display, and people are, like, you know one trick that someone told me that's been useful is just find something that you can talk to everyone about all day it's like you know if you read something a paper is kind of interesting to you like the day before and people come in and they want to know about oh, what's going on in your life you know you don't want to tell them what's going on in your life <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't you know like I drew yesterday and I'm here again talking to you Yeah, um, <laughs> it's great
0: I sat in a room in the dark and drew <laughs> yeah exactly
1: through my feelings, man. I don't have to talk about them. Um, so, but, you know, and, and just bring that up and just be like, well, you know, did you hear about that thing the other day? It's just, just bullshit people, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's funny, I did. Um, you weren't. I didn't see you at. Were you at Cab in November?
0: No, I haven't been there since it was the first Cab. That was a lot of You gotta come back. Oh, no. I was in New York for Brooklyn Book Fest year before last. That was my last time in New York. And that was like a weird trip where like I was uh, I was with Brandon Graham and we were doing our Inksteads road trip and we kind of left that with just like this like I don't ever want to come back to New York. Just like there was something just left like a sour taste in my mouth where like LA we went and like everyone's amazing and they're so happy to talk to you. in New York everyone's like I'm in a hustle and working hard but I'm not really happy creatively and it was just such a weird contrast between the two coasts um Uh, yeah well
1: you were hanging out with cartoonists all the time well it was the same (laughs) same. you should have done less of that (laughs) (laughs) well it was cartoonists on both coasts
0: (laughs) yeah i've been to new york a bunch but that was it was a weird trip i think like brandon also had like his own past experiences in new york
1: yeah Um, he had lived no, it's there. not an easy city for everyone. But what I'm saying, no. what I was trying to
0: get <laughs> at was, Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's, uh... Like, Cab's, like, a really good show. Yeah. Like, if it was anywhere, it'd be a good show, but it just happens to be here. Yeah. Like, i it's my favorite to do. I don't know why I brought that up. We were talking about something else, and then we got I don't back, know. But...
0: I just went on a rant. I'm sorry.
1: No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm happy to... I'm happy to listen. <laughs>
0: Anytime. Yeah, um, New York, New York. What a wonderful town. The smell of piss stuck in my nose. Um, it was okay. Sorry for you. I have to tell the story. So we took the train in, and we had tons of luggage. I always bring too much shit, and so we took the train and taken the elevators up from uh, Penn Station. And each floor, you have to, like, change elevators. And the smell of pee got worse.
1: Penn Station is hell. Like, even Yorkers think it's hell.
0: Yeah, and then when we got to the street level, it was just like... Someone was, like, punching me in the face with urine. And it was... Yeah. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I like Brooklyn, so... Yeah. I like... There's parts of the Lower East Side. You can find little nooks that it still feels like New York, you know? Um, But... I wouldn't mind moving anywhere i just don't have any reason
0: to move anywhere
1: else yeah
0: so I, you know if you've got a place there and you've got a job i mean i wouldn't move because there is so much amazing about new york and like i said like cab is a pretty fantastic show and i i do wish i could have gone because like i've i've been twice i went to one to the brooklyn whatever it was comic art something and then once for cab and both times i just i loved it and uh had an amazing time got so many cool comics and there's just so much going on in the city
2: yeah
1: well it was weird because when i was in montreal part of the reason i stayed longer is because i actually have canadian citizenship so i could move to canada if i wanted and get free health care which is becoming increasingly like an option yeah and uh and i know montreal's pretty cheap and i know i could like live i could probably work less and stuff um so I kind of wanted to check that out. There's some really good people, like that I really like up there.
0: I read you uh, hung out with Pascal Gerard.
1: Yeah, he's he's the best. Him and um, like all the DNQ gang and um, Matt Forsyth and Noah and uh, yeah, everyone. It's just Canadians are so wonderful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're pretty swell. They Speaking are, except myself. for
1: you know what? The French Canadians are a little bit tricky. Because I really don't want to speak any English with you, you know? No. Which I totally understand, but even when I was in Paris, like, it was, I felt like there was more openness or something.
0: I haven't been to Montreal since I was 13, so I don't know if I could speak to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah, probably a different experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, my, my girlfriend, uh, speaks French and she's gone to Montreal a couple of times over the last couple, or not for a while, but she loves it I would yeah. I would I, I do want to go there and, and see things it's, it's a neat old town
1: yeah I like did I kind of want to do like we were going to talk before like I rarely do like list comics or like what's actually happening in my day you know yeah but I actually wanted to do one for Montreal because I kind of wanted to give a thank you to all the people that were hosting me and treating me with such kindness you know um so I did five pages last week and then i have eight more coming this week that has more like the dnq people in it and a funny story with noah
0: (laughs) i was gonna ask do you have some good noah stories because i know you guys are hanging out in white river
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know if i have stories but we just like we text each other a lot like just random shit and like He'll just send me these funny texts like, Hey, Leslie, would you ever wear a Fuck You With I'm I'm With a of t-shirt? Which I just think is a funny text to send completely out of the (laughs) blue. you know? (laughs) He's like, well, I don't... It doesn't apply to me, because I don't wear, like, t-shirts with writing on them, you know? I'm like, good man, you know? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) he's
0: he's very strict with his cardigan rule.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think in some ways... I think what makes us good friends is that we... We have, we're both have this kind of old-fashioned taste in comics, you know, that's kind of, like, not really, like, something that a lot of people our age seem to have, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's and funny. so we both... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I noticed in Bright-Eyed, I think the only reference to another comic is you reading Nipper.
1: Yeah. I love Doug Wright. Love him. Um, it's kind of funny because I... Was so enamored of him when I found him. I just couldn't stop talking about him with other, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, he's great," you know. But it was like, <laughs> "I was like, you don't, you don't understand. Like, you obviously don't understand." <laughs> <laughs> Not bringing as much intensity to this conversation as I want. But Noah loves like Frank King. I think he's his favorite. Yeah. Um. So we have that, but then it's interesting because the way we see the world is completely opposite. Like if we're hanging out and he's looking. At the world, like I think he sees like ugliness, you know.
0: Yeah, he's a lot more of a nihilist.
1: Yeah, and I see like only the pretty parts. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so it's kind of he'll be like, "Look at that! Isn't that awful?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm sure that person's great." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it's nice to have. I didn't have any cartoonist friends for such a long time that it's nice to have a couple now that I can kind of, you know, vent to about different things, you know.
0: Yeah, like figuring out which pens are the right pens to use and.
1: Yeah, or just, like, whoa, like, you know, because all these cartoonists, everyone pretends like they're not, but everyone's, like, so competitive, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, it's just funny to, like, you have, or for me, I've always had these ideas of, like, oh, this guy's kind of like this, or is this guy, like, what's this guy's angle, and (laughs) and it's nice to have, like, hey, Noah, do you think this, and he's, like, yes, and I'm, like, okay, cool, I feel validated, you know.
0: But you've been spending time up in in what rejunction as we mentioned, and you're going up there again next week. Is I that... went up
1: to visit him and draw a comic with him over the oh, summer, okay. and then I'm going to do a a talk there. Nice. They're bringing me out, so I'm going to do a talk. But I'm kind of nervous about it because I I'm not really good. Like if we're having a conversation like this, I can I can do it. But I just like a lecture, just to talk about myself, seems like really horrifying. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could never do that.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, uh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. I don't know. No,
0: <laughs> now, I thought we'd uh, flip through some of your uh, online questions that you've uh, solicited. That
1: uh... <laughs> was kind of a joke, but I, I was happy when people were responding to it.
0: Let, let, let's go with some. Uh, someone would like to know what your favorite flower is.
1: Oh, well, that's a very complicated question. Um, well, because you have... My favorite flower to draw would probably be a tulip. My favorite flower to smell would probably be a lilac. And my favorite flower aesthetically is probably, like, the hardest part. You know what I mean? hmm Like, I bought flowers today. I bought freesia. I always try to buy flowers for my house. And it took me, seriously, like, half an hour to figure out which flowers <laughs> to buy. <laughs> because I was like, well, these colors are cool, but this stems too long, and blah, blah, blah. Super weird.
0: You can cut um, the stamp. What? You could cut the stem.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have lilacs in my backyard. It's quite nice.
1: Uh, but they only last for like, what, like three weeks or something?
0: Yeah. No, we have a. Yeah. There's a That's lot. why
1: I think I like them so much. Just because, you know, when they come out, you're like, oh my god, spring, lilac season.
0: <laughs> uh. Okay. Now, did Box Brown actually have any real questions? <laughs> I think he just wanted to hear stories of it himself, but I don't know if I have any that are complimentary.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if I, I hung
0: out with him enough.
1: I've, I've not hung out with him very much. Like, I've tabled table next to him, and we're always very kind to each other, but um, I was kind of... Oh, well, he's doing that new Tetris book, Yeah. right? So wait, listen to this. I found this. You remember that sound? <laughs> it's my Tetris game from when I was like the first Game Boy. Nice. That's for Box Brown.
0: There we go, Box. <laughs> but it's not the same without like the weird Russian music.
1: Oh, uh, I can get that. You want to hear that?
0: I don't know if it'll make great radio though.
1: I don't think it will. <laughs> but that might be nostalgic for some of the listeners.
0: Uh, now the other one uh what's your favorite uh winter bird
1: okay i don't know exactly what a winter bird is do no, you
0: no maybe it's just ones that hang out
1: during when it's still cold
0: i'm presuming yeah
1: yeah well there's this one bird i found called the gray jay and also called the whiskey jack and it's a <laughs> kleptomaniac bird and it hangs out in the north in cool evergreen forest so that's why I'm kind of thinking it could be a winter bird you know yeah but it says it f- it steals um it'll steal bacon out of frying pans when people are cooking and the, when they're camping that's dangerous and it has a fondness for baked beans and it steals matches pencils cigarettes and chewing tobacco
0: I think that's like a redneck cowboy bird
1: Super cool, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's my answer for that. <laughs> uh,
0: another person wants to know what kind of pens do you use?
1: Uh, I use micron pens and brushes and Rapidograph ink when I'm using uh, black washes.
0: Now, what? I think- yeah,
1: mostly stick with them, microns, but. Someone sent me a, a ruling pen recently. I don't know if you've ever seen them, those old school pens. I no and I idea. cannot get the hang of it. Like, I cannot get a good line with it. It's really hard. I'm trying, because I was like, maybe that'll open the door for something else, but it's really tricky.
0: Now, what I'm more interested in is your watercolor yes. choices, which I think is a little more kind of, I don't know. I don't know if it's more than anything. It's something.
1: Well, I know which pigments are the best. Like, some of those pigments that I use, I think it's good that I'm using off-white paper because on white paper, they're almost, like, too much.
0: Yeah. So it helps, like, mud it a bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. But not... So that's why I like these really... uh, But there's a company called uh, Yatsumoto, this Japanese um, watercolor company, and they have a lot of iridescent ones, which is really hard to get an iridescent watercolor that um, has any kind of good consistency. They're usually just, like kind of thin you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: so they have that and i've been really crazy about that and their pigments and then i use one that's a pocket watercolor set from dealer rowney that i've been using for like 15 years and that all the colors are very harm like in harmony with each other already so you're kind of like get a little break from having to think too much about it not that i think too much about it um but the other the colored pencils are also like a really big deal and i use those um uh, like a Swedish pencil called Karan Daesh, and they're like um, also watercolor so I can put down like colored pencil so I can have like accuracy and then I can put the wash over it okay yeah so those are like a big deal and so I ha- they're really expensive so I had only like 15 of them for like half the year and it was my birthday in July and my father was like what do you want for your birthday and I was like you know I'm too old like don't buy me anything and he said, uh, no, there must gotta be something you want. I was like, okay. I want this, like, crazy-ass uh, colored pencil set. So he started laughing, and he's like, okay, I'll buy you your pencils. And I was like, send it to him. I <laughs> like, $300. <laughs> I was like, see? He's like, okay, you got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, because there's, like, so many of them. There's so many colors, and then I opened, and I got this, like, special wooden box that they come in. And I just, like, I opened up, I was like, whoa. Oh. And then I I took a picture of it, I think I was on Twitter I was on Twitter at the time, I'm not on Twitter anymore but, You're
0: not uh, missing anything
1: oh, I hated it so much I tried it for three years and I was just like, man, life's too short for this, you know yep. So anyways, so I put a picture and I was like okay, like, here's my new colored pencil set Like I'll never see you guys again
0: <laughs> <laughs> Account closed
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly, goodbye forever <laughs>
0: Now, uh, Roman Miradoff, hello Roman, uh, wanted to hear about music, and I think a good segue to that is you were doing uh, song drawings.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, I could talk about that. Um, so this one night I was at home, and I was listening to Alice Coltrane, and um, for those of you who don't know her, she was um, John Coltrane's wife, second wife, and she was an amazing musician herself. And so I was listening to this album, and I, was pain- I realized I was, like, I'm painting the album. This sounds so hippie. Whatever, I'm hippie, I don't care. But uh, <laughs> it just, like, was the feeling. It wasn't about, like, I'm not, like, I don't have, like, what's, like synesthesia or anything like that.
2: Mm-hmm. I was
1: just feeling, I was, like, oh, this is red, and now it's yellow, and, you know. And I wasn't, like, drunk or anything. And <laughs> 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 I put it online, and I was, like, any requests, and I swear to God, like, my feed like blew up and people were like just sent that everyone wanted to see like a song that they loved like represented in that way
0: i think i requested one a nico
1: yeah you did a really depressing
0: nico song
1: (laughs) yeah but i got so many different so i was like wow this is so awesome because i'm doing this thing that i love which is drawing and yet like i'm also making people happy and present in the moment you know yeah while i'm alone and i'm learning about new music which is like the most exciting thing because I got a lot of songs I'd never heard before. Some were great, and I love painting them. Some, it was a challenge, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you That's know. a
0: diplomatic way of saying, and some were shit.
1: <laughs> no, most, I, I have to say, overwhelmingly, like, most of them were, were very good. And, um, but so I was like, I tapped each one differently. So I would, while I was waiting for one to dry, I'd, like, listen to the next song. And then, like, get a feeling for what it was and realize how I was going to attack it as a song. Was it going to be about color? Was it going to be simply, like, moving my brush around a specific, to a specific beat, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I did that, and then uh, I've done it a couple more times where I let people send me stuff, and then I'll, like, post it as they go. It's a nice way to kill an evening. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that kind of uh, an exercise for you to can keep the muscles moving, but... Break away from the comics. Uh, mm,
1: I, I guess I don't think about keeping the muscles moving. It's more just having fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, not it's like that. Yeah, I like
0: fun. <laughs> uh, so what have you been listening to lately?
1: Um, uh, have I been listening? I've been listening to the Beatles a lot lately. Really. Yeah. I just, like, got really into them, again. I go through phases with them. But I'm a huge Wings fan. So I listen to, like, solo McCartney a lot. And I know, like, McCartney's, like, most people don't like him because he seems kind of annoying, you know? Um, yeah, but it... I think his pop sensibility was the strongest. So if you're interested in it. And also, like, I listen to bass a lot in songs. And his bass is, like, his writing for the bass is just so amazing. And he was doing some really experimental shit, like, when he was doing uh, McCartney 2. Like, there's a lot of influence of, like, reggae and, like, weird shit. Well, he did, like, like,
0: weird electro-dub music in the early 80s.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I loved some of that stuff. Um, So I was listening to that. And then what I was doing, too, is, like, I've been trying to figure out different ways to play guitar and get better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of try to, like, I try to learn, like, solo George Harrison songs. Um, but it's really hard.
0: <laughs> did you ever read uh, Blixa Bargold's take on take on playing the guitar? No. Blixo is the he's the singer from Einstürzende Neubauten, the German industrial band. But he joined uh, Nick Cave's Bad Seeds um, right at the beginning as the guitarist. But he didn't know how to play the guitar, and mm-hmm. he he purposefully did not want to learn how to play it. And so he just had this weird way of playing it. And then he ended up leaving the bad seeds when it turned into too much of a rock group.
1: And oh it yeah. Okay.
0: Lost that like weird artistic sensibility for him.
1: Yeah, you know, some people my ideas about music have been changing a lot recently too. Yeah. And I yeah, and I don't really want to keep my band had been structured in a specific way for quite a while that I found was extremely uh like kind of inhibiting creativity. Yeah. That like uh like one of the guys I was so obsessed with he wanted the band, like every song to be what it sounded like on his four track at home. And I'm like, dude, you're not using your tools properly. Like I'm you know, it's like if I'm a better singer than you, I should be singing this song. If you're a better guitar player than me, you should be doing this solo. Because he had written them not thinking about the strengths that we all had individually yeah these things were falling apart on stage you know and it was embarrassing to me i'm like this doesn't make any sense you know so i was like well if we're gonna keep going we need to readjust this because i'm not happy and then we had this whole band meeting it was like hours long and then uh so we're just kind of working through it and i still want to play but i just feel like (sighs) it's really hard for me you can imagine like being cartoonist Collaborate with people. I don't. I I really don't enjoy it very much. And I feel oftentimes where I get, I'm extreme. When I want something and when I'm have a direction and I feel something, like I get extremely focused. But other people, you need to like corral them (laughs) to focus for them almost. Do you? And so it's like I find that really frustrating. Because I'm like, this is the obvious. Like we should do this. I'm open to, like, whatever this person says because this person knows about structure more than I do. But it's, like, it's all very clear to me how we should be doing this, which sounds like I am a control freak, which I guess I am, but it just... It's just hard. I don't know.
0: Are you more focused on perfectionism when it comes to your music than with your comics?
1: Mm, No. I think more with the comics. Okay. Yeah. The comics are everything, and everything else is secondary.
0: (laughs) One thing I was going to say uh about Paul McCartney is if you like measured all the Beatles solo work together, his is like so much more interesting and exciting than any yes. of the rest like I can't listen to any post Beatles John Lennon stuff. It just I don't pours like the not out of me.
1: I don't like it either.
0: Like I I listened to the album he did with Harry Nilsson and it's so dreadfully terrible and I Harry don't. I don't know if you know harry Nilsson very well
1: i do actually
0: and his music's beautiful it's really beautiful wonderful uh and then the album he did with Lennon was basically them getting as drunk as possible and just screaming into mics um yeah. trying to destroy their own voices and to me it's just like that's just so the opposite of what you would do with a guy like that
1: yeah I'm actually friends with Harry Nielsen's daughter, oh wow, <laughs> we went our hearts we went to art school together. I thought she was writing a book about him, but then she had a kid, so I don't know what's happening. but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree, and i i I don't know I just really I love solo McCartney so much it speaks to me more and I, but uh, yeah, so like the Beatles and what else have I been looking to? kind of more. I don't know, there's this guy, Dave Human, I saw a little while ago, and he's in this band, Arboretum, and I saw him live. And he has this, like, Richard Thompson vibe, but, like, not as Renaissance fairy, you know?
0: I don't think I know Richard Thompson.
1: Uh, a kind of, like, folk uh, singer-songwriter guy. Um, but, yeah, he's really great. I've been listening to a lot of, like, really weird spatial music. Anything that my friend Douglas puts out he's has this record label called yoga records anything he puts out i i am flocking to yeah um he had done this um compilation called i am the center and it was all new age music but like like brian eno type of new age music not you know what you listen to when you have a massage or something
0: pan flutes and chimes
1: right exactly and it's so like and that's great for me to draw to and then like because I have, like, insomnia, and sometimes I do not get to sleep very much, I feel like I have this fog around me, and so when I listen to that, I kind of, like, the fog seems warmer.
0: Do <laughs> you, you ever listen to anything like, uh, Soviet France? I don't think so. So I've been listening to a bunch of them, and it's, like, weird, uh, kind of an ambient, little bit noisy stuff from the 80s, and it's pretty amazing, just kind of... I would
1: love if you send me a link to that.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find stuff. It's, uh... It's fun. Um, mm-hmm. The records they do are really neat, too. Like, I don't recommend tracking them down because they're all super expensive. But in the 80s, they would do things like they have this one 10-inch where it's... Uh, in the cover is uh, roofing tiles. Oh, cool. Yeah, just really weird experimental covers. Like, uh, one that's in a burlap sack. Another one's like, between two pieces of masonite that's strung together. That's cool. Yeah. I like you my... Oh, go ahead. Do you have a lot of vinyl, though? Um, I, One of those, you know, those, like, IKEA vinyl bookshelves? Yeah,
1: uh-huh.
0: I have, like, one of those pretty much filled.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, I'm a nerd. I like my music. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've been buying more music than comics lately, which I don't know if is great for I mean, podcasting. I,
1: I think that I I I definitely go through music more than I do through comics, because I think that there's also more, for me, because I'm so picky about my comics, there's only so much before it starts getting kind of, I don't like it, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so, but with music, I feel like I could always find something at any time, but I guess what I should probably be doing is be looking backwards instead of just looking at what's happening now, you know, since that's kind of my, I'm kind of more drawn to like a more, I don't know, old school style or something like that.
0: See, I've just given up on trying to know what's new.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that it'll find you if it's good enough, it'll eventually find you.
0: Maybe. Uh, People tell me stuff and I forget.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Now, your next book, uh, the book three of uh, Eye of the Majestic Creature, uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully by the summer, uh, is that a mix of news stuff and stuff that's been posted online, or...?
1: Um, I mean, I posted little pieces of it just so people could see that I was working on it. okay. But I never put any whole stories up, so it's really, it's 100 pages. It's all new work.
0: How, um, does it compare with the previous books? Is it kind of similar in tone? Or what can we expect? I would
1: would say, when I reread it, i i i you know I, it's hard to read your own work, you know yeah, but i I kind of thought it was maybe the f- funniest one, but at the same time the darkest one, which makes sense if you know my work that I yeah. would do both at one, you know um so there's like so the first story in it there's basically three what like, I call issues in it, um and the first is that. The main character, Larry Bear, she uh, she's a sand counter. That's her, um, her passion. Yeah. So she just counts pieces of sand and then she makes them into objects. So she goes to her first sand counting convention <laughs> because she gets trying to be more ambitious as she gets older. So it's kind of riffing a little bit on, like, comic conventions, obviously. So yeah. So, so. Um, so I thought that was funny. <laughs> that could just be me. And uh, we'll see what how people react to it. And then uh, it's a thing bad, but um, in the second one, she moves back to the country because her guitar wants to start an apple pie baking business, and they're becoming, the symbolism with the country has become something about, like, reality versus not reality, like, and perception versus what actual reality is, which is what the characters of the guitar and stuff are, too, as well as, like being comedic effects and having their own personalities you know um so it's kind of exploring what that country means psychologically to her yeah and through that moving and i i find that to be one of the most revealing things i've written in it because it's calling attention in a funny way to you know certain things i'm dealing with in like getting older and like being a woman and um is kind of I'm trying to tackle them in a in a way that's not I'm not telling you but I'm kind of showing you like what's in my head you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then the third one she starts managing a restaurant which is kind of and what happened is this this was an experience that I had where I was managing this bar restaurant and um, Hurricane Sandy hit and we were open and all these rich people from Manhattan were flocking into the like coming over to Brooklyn and invading all the places so it was like but oh, we weren't getting in any-
0: the power was out
1: cuz the power's out so they're like taking cabs over and just like getting like wasted in our bar and it's like packed and we didn't have any deliveries and like and then the plumbing stops working because and then we can't get a plumber so it was just like mayhem and I was the manager and I had to like deal with all this you know <laughs> Jesus. and i had no i had no idea what to do i had no idea what to do cuz there's no <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, if the plumbing happens and there's a power outage in Manhattan, then you do this, you know? Um, So that, I think that that was kind of funny. There was one point where, you know, people were going to the bathroom anyways, and I was like, how am I going to get people not to because they're drunk, you know? So I just went down to the basement, and I started bringing up all the extra chairs and just stacking them like a big chair sculpture in front of the bathroom. (laughs) So then at least, because if I just put a do not, you know, it's like out of order sign no one's going to pay attention to it. So,
0: Just put a wall.
1: I just basically put a wall in front of, it of chairs. It looked completely insane. And I remember going up to the bartender and I was like, yeah, I just put, I just fucking put all these chairs in front of the bathroom. He's just like, you know what? It works for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a funny story. So I decided to draw that.
0: But now, less responsibility. You just bartend a couple of nights a week and the rest of the time. Yeah. Comics.
1: Yeah. It feels good? Yeah, it's (laughs) alright. Every day, up and down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, I feel extremely... I still have my... I feel extremely lucky that I... I have a good life. I can't complain. I have... I lack for nothing, you know?
0: Yeah. And it seems like coming out of... Uh, The Bright-Eyed at Midnight. Um, Your creative approach has changed.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be weird because I want to do another book of a collection that I've been doing for Vice, because now they're all like five pages and I think they're a lot better, you know? Yeah. Um, So I'm sure I can find someone to put that out, but I haven't talked to anyone yet. But but then after that, I've been kicking around this uh, idea for this like, graphic novel, standalone, um, you know, fiction thing. And I've been thinking about it for, like, six years. But the thing I'm having a problem with is, like, I have no idea what it looks like. Like, I won't know until the pen hits the page, you know? Yeah. And that's really daunting. Because that can't... means do I have to grow up again within this book, and then by the end of this book I'm going to hate the beginning of the book, you know?
0: And you can't explore the ideas in advance. It has to be... All in one fell swoop
1: I think I can do some writing in advance but I don't know I don't do character designs or anything like that I can't it doesn't help me
0: yeah
1: because even if I do then I'm just it's still going to change anyways I guess
0: yeah no I hear you. and I get that like it's I don't know nothing's for sure
1: <laughs> yeah but I mean what so what so what like I'll do it And if I spend two years on it and it doesn't turn out good, then put it on the shelf. (laughs) I'll do something else. It's not a big deal.
0: Uh, Well, thank you for joining me today, Leslie.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very
0: excited to see what new books you come up with. Thanks. I
1: appreciate that. Thanks for having me.
0: A reminder, folks, I've been talking to Leslie Stein and her books are I, the Majestic Creature, both volumes one and two, as well as Bright-Eyed at Midnight, uh, all from the fine folks of Fantagraphics. And you can find more at vice.com. Um, yeah, thanks, Leslie.
1: Okay, thank you.